What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. It's going to be a good one tonight, Mr. Jeremiah Stringer. Glad to have you here with me, and John Kelly here. Jeremiah, What's tell up? me, how has your weekend been? My weekend has been great, dude. I can't complain. Complaining never does help. That's what I think. No, but you know this is a, this is a this is a safe place, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, an absolute safe place for you to do your complaining if you need to. Well, my only complaint is I've been in the woods, and then that resulted in me basically eating cough drops like candy today. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's like uh, an allergy related thing for being outside so much, but about to pop another halls, dude. Ah, man, you do what you got to do, brother. You do what you got to do. I do want to say something real quick. I want to give a huge congratulations to our friends Miyagi and Trips for oh getting engaged this past week. Such a beautiful how, moment. How freaking awesome is that? I love seeing that. Um, I thought about even taking their Instagram video and putting it on here because <laughs> if you watch it, <laughs> you could see Trips lives up to her name. Uh, there at their proposal but that kudos to Miyagi for getting that on film and and I love those two fantastic oh, people. I love them too man they're two of my favorite people in the world so just so excited to see the two of them get engaged and and what Jeremiah's talking about as far as the um the video goes for the engagement uh Miyagi proposes she smiles and progr- pro- just immediately falls over on top of him <laughs> face <flat. And laughs> in the snow in like a foot of snow so uh it was it was hilarious, man. It was yeah, a great check video, out their just Instagram. Awesome that the two of them are, are finally getting hitched. That's just great stuff. So, uh, congratulations to Miyagi and Trips on the trail. Real excited for the two of you guys. Uh, Jeremiah, let's talk a little bit about the sponsor for tonight's video, and that is Outdoor Vitals. Uh, Outdoor Vitals has probably been around for what about two or three hundred years now. Yeah, I heard four hundred years, and they're leading the market. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they've been around since the Middle Ages, from what I remember. Yeah, dude, I um, I just took a trip where it felt like 11 degrees whenever I woke up, and I had three pieces of Outdoor Vitals gear whenever I was on the trip. The first one was the zero-degree top quilt, which you can check out on OutdoorVitals.com. Uh, I also had my layering system down, where I used the Ventus hoodie and the uh, Nova Pro jacket, which has got pit zip, so if I got too hot, I just unzipped the pits. Haven't seen that in any other jackets, but I stayed nice and toasty warm the whole time. I, I know. It's almost like how could you not have pit zips in insulated jackets? What a great idea. Just an absolute great idea. Jeremiah, let me let me show you kind of what I'm excited about with Outdoor Vitals. All right. Hit me with it. What you got? I got this box right here. And I'm oh, – got to cover up the important stuff there. Um <laughs> I'm excited about this box for one main reason. You know what that is, Jeremiah? What's that? I can't open it right now, but I can open it on Thursday night when there's a live stream kicking off the 100-mile challenge from Outdoor Vitals. Oh, yes. I've heard about this. Yeah. So basically, um, as many of you know, if you've watched my channel or if you've been on the podcast in the, in the last year, I went through a crazy amount of injuries and all sorts of crazy stuff last year, and I did not get to hike the miles I wanted to do. And it's been a while since I've challenged myself or pushed myself in any way. And so I have signed up for the Outdoor Vitals 100-mile challenge. It's a really awesome setup. The initial signups have ended, but they're doing an extended sign-up for them right now. So if it's something you'd be interested in doing, uh, you'll, you'll get access to a uh, private Facebook group where people are giving each other encouragement, showing how they're training, all those kinds of things. And also there's some free swag. Well, 
when you sign up there's swag that comes with it you do pay for the the event but it is a fantastic setup and i'm i'm real excited about it uh you can check it out over at outdoorvitals.com uh again outdoor vitals thank you for being a sponsor of the show for the past uh 13 or 14 years uh it's been awesome we love you guys and uh always glad to talk about one of our favorite brands jeremiah yes we're about to have on our third canadian guest canadia eh aha uh-huh. yes he is from canadia uh that land up north yo um yeah, and they- so we're excited we're excited because this guy um we were just talking before this all three of us kind of our channels kind of came out at similar times and we've mm-hmm. been doing this for a while and we've known each other for a while and we've both been on his podcast that he does but he's never been on here and yeah. so we are remedying that tonight we are fixing that problem but before we do that we need to start up the most important part of the show which is the fake news <laughs> so that thing. is up and now we're going to bring on our good friend from up north mr marty morissette how are you buddy very good man thank you for having me on yeah you know what pleasure. though i have to say right away that um i'm not only am i canadian but i'm also french canadian so it's a whole different breed up here <laughs> you spoke french in one of my videos that's true man we did that collab one time and i it was the whole joke was, was me speaking <laughs> that 15 second segment in french that was hilarious man that was the uh that, that was uh during the vid yeah, yeah that was early eh just, yeah, just that after, was... yeah, it would have been right after you would have come on the podcast. I th- uh, like way back when my when I used to do my interview style podcast uh, in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a, it was like training during the pandemic or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, was like you like that, and yeah. a whole bunch of other YouTubers, another Canadian Jesse who tried to pack yeah. his backpack upside Dude, down. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's <was> hilarious, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Jeremiah, he really he was doing bicep curls with a coffee bug. I mean, he was really yeah. Like, what, was Devin not throwing his like sleep, sleeping bag on the ground like it's like a heavy ball? Like a oh my ball? gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he was screaming. <laughs> if you've never heard Devin Ashby scream, go look that video up. It will change your life forever. <laughs> was uh, was going to the watch? Was that your first time back in the states since COVID? Uh, to Mount Washington? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't been since, which is a big deal for me on my, cause it's funny, this is the backpacking podcast uh-huh. and, and the Northeast in the States is really the only place I ever backpack. Um, yeah, because it's close by and it's, you know, in the States, the, um, at least compared to Quebec and Ontario, like the backpacking scene in terms of like the parks, how they're set up. Like it's hard to beat. It's really hard. Like we don't have that kind of like parks like the Adirondacks or the Whites, um, I, like that are open twelve months out of the year that you can go out. Like it's it's the so anyway. So for me, like the Northeast is really all where I do all my my backpacking. So not being able to go to the states really put a big halt for like I didn't backpack for three years. Like actually mm. backpack for three years. You yeah, that's more? crazy, dude. And now you do a lot of canoeing. Right. Yeah. I, I still spent, yeah. I still spent like 30, 35 days last year alone outside, like sleeping out. Like I, I had a good season, but the thing that I tell people, like if you lived where I lived, there's no way you wouldn't be canoeing in the summertime because we, we are what surfing is to Hawaii. Does <laughs> that make just... sense? Like it doesn't get better. The canoeing scene in Quebec and Ontario and Canada doesn't get much better across the world. No, so I like, can imagine. So like it's like doing all these rivers and all that stuff. It's it's amazing. So I spend most of my time doing that. So but when everything's frozen, that's when I go to the states because I'm a huge fan of like deep 
hard climbing winter backpacking. Like that's really what I love doing the most backpacking wise. Oh yeah. Well, uh, super good camping put on here. Uh, LOL. Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. That's good. Is that, what, is that what a Canadian is that canoes a lot? Is it a Canadian? Uh, <laughs> that's Tim. That's Tim for you. That's hilarious. Um, uh, Stanley Tam has given us a couple super chats, one for $1 and 10 cents and one for $2 and 20 cents. Um, both of those are Canadian, so we're probably going to get a quarter. From each of <laughs> is that, is that um, the currency rate? <laughs> 25 cents for $2.20. <laughs> uh, Don't, and, and if, if, um, if you're offended by us making fun of how much things cost in Canadian money, please don't read the fake news. Um, <laughs> but <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and facts are optional on this podcast. <laughs> so, so talk to me, man. Like one of my first videos I remember of yours um, was you building, it was like an igloo or something with your kids. Oh yeah. Like right yeah. behind your house. Yeah. So tell yeah, us a little cool. bit about that kind of stuff. Cause I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that hasn't stopped since then. No, no, it's, it's interesting because the real genesis of like, kind of like the first few videos I posted online, they were always with my kids. So, you know, if you go back, like when my kids were like two and three, I started to go backcountry camping with them and with my, my cousin, Guillaume, who has four boys as well. So, so, and at first I was like, man, we're doing all these cool things and I'm not like, I don't have a single picture. Like we would go on bike packing trip. I would have this set up with my mountain bike and then behind my mountain bike, I'd have my double chariot. Then the behind the double chariot, I had like a, a Trello bike that I had MacGyvered. So, and it was a double Trello bike. So I had both my kids on the Trello bike and all the gear in the double chariot. And I have like a picture of this. And uh, I remember I was like, man, it would be fun to like start a blog, not to to do anything other than just take a few pictures and put the, and then it's a right around that time that I kind of like found out that YouTube existed in terms of the outdoors. And then I landed on Darwin at the time and then Joe Robinette and all that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So initially, you know, all I did was outing with my kids filming, but that's very limited in the sense of how often I can go, if that makes sense. Right, so if I yeah. wanted to make more content, I, 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 I was excited also to do more outdoors, you know, for me as well. So, so that kind of all made sense, but yeah. So the, you know, some of the first videos I did like a Quincy building with the kids in my backyard, this is how we first spent our first winter camping outing ever out. And then we did it again two years after, but we tried doing it at minus 40. So the one I published last year, uh, it was minus 40, so minus 30. But still, pretty, oh yeah, that's just that's. Yeah. I mean, that's just easy now. Is that like, so minus 30, that's no big deal. <laughs> minus thirty. Everybody can do minus thirty. There's that's nothing. Difference. But we, anyways, it, we did it behind my 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 house too. And the way I, I I filmed the video, you can't tell that I'm behind my house until at the very end where we have to bail because it's like the kids are just it's too cold. Mm. It's just you know what I mean. So we have to bail. So then I you see me fill up the kids with the with the uh, on the. Um, ATV and then we drive back up to my house. You can see the house in there, which was, it's not that I was hiding it. It was just an interesting way to tell the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because of how it ended. So, um, so anyways, and then this summer at uh, this winter, so those are only the winter activities, but this winter I got myself a little, um, uh, from North tent to hot tent with a, with a, with a, with a stove and everything. And uh, I br brought my kids out for real, for real, like about 
30 minutes away from a car in the backcountry on crown land at minus 20 and uh and we survived and it was uh it was a pretty cool experience and that that's a one of my favorite videos from this year that i posted is that oh, the last awesome. we got last couple of months Pardon me. Is that the last couple of months you posted that video? Yeah, yeah. It, it was the uh, the uh, it would it wouldn't be the it would be basically not the one I posted last Friday, but the one before. Okay, yeah. yeah. I watched it earlier today, and uh, John, I know you got some comments to share before you oh my do. Gosh. I have uh, Stanley Tam's comments still on the screen. I have to get the poop talk going. I did oh. have a quick poop question for you, Marty. All right. And Let's go. I'm sure we'll dive a little deeper into the feces talk later on. It makes it sound nasty, doesn't it? Um, let's say that it is negative 40 degrees and your igloo's not in your backyard where you can just drive home to poop. Do you basically use the same uh, techniques that you would if it was just dirt? You're just digging a hole in the snow? Or how does that work in the deep winter? Or are you using a wag bag in your tent or what? It's a good question. I mean, I think I think there's there's actually a, a real like a good answer to that question, and I'm sure I don't really necessarily <laughs> practice the best. It's I'll okay. share what I do because I don't think it matters. But I there's got to be an actual answer here, so don't right. don't take what I do because <laughs> I do believe like in some places wag bags are better because the challenge for for the folks at home with feces, it like the reason why you bury it in the in the summertime so that all of that fecal matter doesn't end up in the streams and in, in, in the water essentially. Right. So, mm -hmm. and it's nicer and it doesn't smell when it's buried, but like really like the thing that we're trying to protect is, is the waterways and it, that's how you make it decompose faster. So the challenge in the winter time is that poop sits, sits on the ice until it thaws. And you know, when it thaws, it just goes right into like all the water just goes right. So it's, you know, I guess that's the downfall. That's a lot of people will say, well, you should use wag bag to avoid that, to keep that prestige. Uh, yeah, the flip side to that, there's plenty of animals that eat feces out there. So like more than likely your poop doesn't stick. Like it sounds disgusting, but like more than likely your poop, you know, goes through a system of something else before it thaws out in the water. So for me, what I do is I dig with my, with my shovel. I do my thing in there. And then some people will ignite their, their papers. So to leave no remains. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly, like, you know, the biodegradable paper, like, I mean, cause I have a septic here, mm -hmm. like the stuff that I use, like, I, like in water for four days, it's gone. It doesn't exist. So in the snow, like, I'm not too concerned about that, but yeah, but there, there's gotta be a, an actual real answer. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes sense. Probably good. That makes total yeah. sense. We got a lot of comments, boys. This is, I mean, we're already at 204 comments. Oh, we're my god! like 15 minutes into this thing. Let's see some of these uh, comments. Doc Watson has a question, and it's an honest question, and I, he's hoping nobody's offended by this, but he says, is it offensive to be called a frog? I know that's how we refer to all French Canadians that visit Maine. Um, <laughs> I've never it heard is. of it. It is. It is. <laughs> it's offensive? I, it is, but honestly, I don't know why. I don't know the story. Sounds yeah, I have idea. no idea on that one. <laughs> I mean, it's super, it's super, it's super common that English people call like froggies or like French men might like, I mean, it's common in a sense of not anymore, like, but you know what I mean? Once upon a yeah. time, like, like 30 years ago, like, and then I think, uh, I think did the Frenchies used to call the English men the square heads or something like that because all Probably. their lands was divided in squares or something, some, I don't know. I'm not into that kind of I shit. I looked anyway, it up. So, sorry. Yeah. That kind of stuff anyway, so I've, I've never really investigated, but I believe it is. It says, okay. uh, this is according to Quora, 
It's a pejorative used in a joking way by the British and Americans referring to their eating of frog legs. So they call me a frog, bro. I love frog legs. They're <laughs> that, delicious. Now I don't know if that's uh, actually legitimate or not. That's just have, a chorus. So who Jeremiah, knows? have you eaten Kermit? People, I know that people got offended. I've heard you know people would get offended when they would use that. So there's got to be some. Well, they can turn that on me. Call me frog. I love frog legs, dude. I've had them. Frog gigging. You guys ever been frog gigging? I have no. been frog gigging. Do you know how it works, yeah, dude? Yeah, man. Frog legs are delicious. Okay, let's get back to more important things. Um, the comments have been coming in um, about the cold weather. Yeah. And um, Riff Outdoors made the statement that anything after negative 20 feels the same. <laughs> um, then. Uh, There's no, no. Okay, wait, wait. For minus negative, I mean Celsius. I don't know exactly in Fahrenheit what that is, but like minus 20 Fahrenheit, uh, Celsius, sorry. Like you different. can stand outside and have a pee and like for two minutes and not be like, like it'll still be cold, but like you'll be fine. At minus 40, when you get out to pee, man, it is significantly different. I'll bet if you're using Celsius, yes. It's yes. a negative 20 is negative four degrees in Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit. and negative 40 yeah. is negative 40. Yeah, that's that's cold. Yeah, yeah that's it's cold. Dude, it's, 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 yeah, it's dangerous cold. cold. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, is everything well, that uh, you use as reference in your videos and all that all Celsius, I would assume? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll just double-check. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's, okay, it's so, what I'm, I'm most comfortable with, essentially. But Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, said negative 30, put those faces on there. And then his next comment was simply, I would die. <laughs> he, would, he would die. Uh, Riff Outdoors did say that uh, they use the poop hammock in a hot tent. Oh, so, no uh, way. I, I think he's making it up personally, but he did put that in there. Now, now I will say Tangent Trails is backing up what you said, Marty. Uh, he said at, at 40 degrees, negative 40 degrees, when parts of a man just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what that means. We'll you just leave be, that right where it you is. Know, you know, dead serious, though? Dead, dead, dead serious? You've got to be careful uh, for frostbite at, on your on your tip because you pee and you don't uh, you know dry it off properly. Mm. It, I have a friend who has had like a pretty significant frostbite on his foreskin because of that. Wow! Snowboarding. I yes. don't even know how to respond to that. That's yeah, so scary. That, it sounds silly, but I'm just addressing the fact that you got to be careful. That's man. crazy, <laughs> man. Well, let's let's. Uh, Let's do uh, some super chats real quick. Uh, super chat from Salmon Outdoors uh, for five dollars and sixty nine cents Canadian, which means that's like seventy five cents. Seventy five. Um, this is <laughs> he says this is to hear Jeremiah try and say Algonquin and Gananoke. Is that right? <laughs> Algonquin and Gananoke. Is that right? I think I nailed that you it. Say that. It's Algonquin. Algonquin. Yeah, and I I don't I don't know about Ghana, I don't know Ghana okay maybe Ghana okay Ghana okay I'm not sure yeah yeah what is it uh, these just locations I don't know. yeah well and then Aaron Jones gave us a five dollar oh, uh, so those are those are to answer your question Jeremiah those are um, First Nations oh, okay. here so we have an Algonquin Park but those are definitely like 
would you call them tribes or whatever like algonquin like parties like indigenous. oh yeah like native uh, like, tribes like native Na- tribes. yeah native yeah, yeah. Oh, okay oh, so like we're on algonquin land here where i live yeah, okay not... yeah 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 we got yeah. a lot of those in the united states They're, um yeah. super chat from aaron jones he says you guys have got you guys got to have on adventure archives oh. which we have attempted that's a great idea but, had to get in we touch will, with we'll try again for sure because they're they're a good group of guys uh and then jessica Howarth, who i want to say a big thank you to because she became our latest uh podcast subscriber so she's actually sponsoring the podcast now which is really cool uh listening to other people's poop stories got me through that my last 26 plus mile day oh well good that's yes. fantastic i i want to mention that's something a great comment john um she reminded me I got to spend some time with Southern Hike. Uh, that's his oh, YouTube yeah. channel, Taylor. And I don't know if you remember, but there was, I don't know, an episode or two ago that we were recording, and I was saying, Taylor's listening to this running right now, and to go, go, go. And sure enough, <laughs> he just told me. That got him over the finish line, man. We were pushing him across. That's it right there, man. He was running. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Pizza Ninja, this is great. You know, we've always wondered who Pizza Ninja is. Uh, Fun fact, I've always lived more north than the southernmost part of Canada. Wait a second. So he probably lives in Minnesota. Let me decipher. North Dakota or not North Dakota, um, Montana maybe? Well, the southern part, like, I mean, like, you're talking Chicago. Yeah, because, I mean, you've got... Windsor, Ontario, right? Yeah. That that's the that's the southern Detroit. part. Detroit, yeah, that would be like that. Those are in the southern parts. For yeah, sure. Michigan would be be up there yeah. too. Yeah, Michigan, yeah. And then our last our last comment before we get back to some important things, uh, Jeremiah still recommending Gonex packs or uh, Gonex backpacks for beginners. So, <laughs> well, they are a good budget entry backpack. I'm not gonna lie, they are, man. <laughs> they are forty dollars, and one could be yours. That's true. That's true. So um, there's a lot more comments. I'm gonna have to go back and look at some of these, but there are some there are some that are not safe for for work, so we're not gonna post all of these. But uh, <laughs> do you usually get that much comments? Oh yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Okay, good. So it, you guys are always playing with the audience like that. We we, we really don't have much of a choice. They love no, to talk to awesome. us, and we love talking to them. So and yeah. and you must be a popular guy because I'm seeing a lot of names I don't normally see. So <laughs> Detroit's north of Canada. Well, there you go. <laughs> Pizza Ninja has an Instagram. Know that if you want to know what he looks like, you can check him out on Instagram. I think I follow him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about you this past year. I noticed something pretty major. You went from like a few thousand subscribers on YouTube to like thirty one thousand. Is that right? How did you do it? Yeah, I think that, how did I do it? Wow, that dude. That's <laughs> those are the questions. I, <laughs> um i've seen a lot of shorts yeah so i mean like listen for me like fuck that's that's a it's a long are are we going deep like it's 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 you guys know you're content creators like it's complex right things don't just happen yeah so essentially like in 2022 i i find like every year that i've done this there's been like a chapter like a pretty significant chapter so like 2020 was like i learned how to film I only watched Peter McKinnon and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, right. first year 2021, I got together a mastermind group of other content creators, which, uh, we started to, I was just like, man, I can't do this alone. I need like people to help. So, so formed that mastermind. I called it, uh, got some really cool people on there. Uh, been working together since 2021, almost daily through that. Right. So that 2021 was a lot of like figuring out, like, 
um, like how does the YouTube machine works, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. And then 2022, a couple of things clicked for me. Because now it's like I had like and some skill to film. I had some skills of understanding the machine because you can't just do anything. If your goal is to grow, it is strategic, right? Um, so, so once I understood that, then I came across a, a dude called everybody probably knows him, but Gary V on online. I had never heard of Gary V until twenty beginning of twenty twenty two, and when I started to look at his content strategy something just clicked and I was like, okay, since I can't be out 200 days a year, but probably closer to 30, those, the amount of content I'll have to create every time I go out will be very important. Like, like, so, and it's like, well, how do I do that? I'm only doing one trip. Right. But then it's like, and I, it's not about like doing six YouTube videos with it. It's more about like, how much can I last that content? that 24 hours over all the platforms across all the different styles of content. And when I started to watch Gary, it was so obvious what he was doing, essentially starting from a large video on YouTube and cutting it all into clips and selling little chapters of his big videos as reels and TikToks and Instagram and shorts and all that. So I started to do that. And I went from posting like one YouTube video a week to like posting 23 pieces of content a week for a whole year. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. Across all the, the platforms, like the grind was, was serious. Like it was like, but I was, I was having fun cause I had figured it out in 24 hours. I do like, I do like, uh, an overnight trip, for example. So let's say the concept is like, let's go sleep under a tarp under a star on a beautiful lake. Right. So great, great trip. So you think about the concept, you go out, you film the whole thing and then you look at it. You're like, okay, well there's the approach. There's the camp setup. There's dinner. There's the hangout maybe at night, something funny happened. Then there's the breakfast the next day. And then there's the go out. So now I have like eight shorts mm -hmm. just out of one evening, like one 24 hour. And I have a full video. And then I use that. And then I did the, you know, I did a lot of clips with the podcast too at the time, which was very useful too. Like you can get like easily. So it was interesting because then 2022 was chaotic. I did so much. Then 2023 this year was like, okay, now I know what, has worked for me and what I like. Cause the most important thing is I didn't want to do something I didn't want to do. That's what I would tell people always yeah. had so many suggestions for me. And I'm like, listen, I already have a job. I don't want to do. I don't want a second one. Does that make sense? Like <laughs> yeah. this, this new thing will be, you what need to I love like it. To do, you need to love right? it. Yeah. And, and you, you do because content creation is like one of the weirdestly most, um, it's a very passionate driven. If you're going to put 15, 20 hours a week, every week for three years straight it only comes because you absolutely enjoy the process of it like it just i don't i don't know so it's you know it was passion for me so i figured it all out now i'm i'm dialed in like christmas came around i'm like i know what i like to do it works well and i i just i just have it all dialed in it feels like 20 like right now it feels like when i make a piece of content online i actually connect with an audience i'd never felt that before like it, mm. there's there's something very interesting but it took me like three years of working so hard and like you guys have seen my first videos to my last they're drastically different you've seen me do talking heads trip videos podcasts like you know i've been all all around the map like and funny enough one of the guys in the mastermind uh, you guys know him well justin outdoors yeah right he's, he's part of that group that i started and that was his always his biggest critique to me is like dude you've got to stop doing so many things 
you have to focus at some point. But, and I understand that, but for me at the time, I needed to explore what is it that I like doing? Because we all know that doing gear review works. You can get paid well for that, but it's like, I'm not a gearhead. Mm. So it's like, I don't, like for me, it's like, I love gear, but I, I don't, like every time I need to buy something, I call Justin. I'm like, yo, what do I get? He tells He's me a I total buy. gearhead. He's a total Dude, gearhead. I don't even, I don't even research it. Yeah. Like, you know how I bought my drone? Like, cause I got a drone this summer. I'm on the master. I'm talking I'm like, man, guys, I think I'm really thinking I'm going to buy a drone. I think it would be great for my canoe trips. Plus I can carry it. Like it really adds to the production. Justin is like, yo, you can buy mine. I never use it. I'm like sold. <laughs> I didn't even ask him what it was. I trusted him so much. He's such a gearhead. Like, no, yes, he, he is. If you know, Justin, you're, you know that if he's selling you something and he knows what you're, what you do, you don't have to question if it's going to be good or not. It's just like, he's, he's, he's really good at this. So my point with this is I'm not a gearhead, so I didn't want to do gear reviews. Like, I, I don't care that it's in sil poly nylon. It's eight pounds, 12. Like I don't, I really, it doesn't bother me as long as it's useful on the ground that I'm good. Well, I think that something that you kind of nailed is the timeline because I don't care what it is. If there's something that you're passionate about that you want to get good mm-hmm. at, I think that it takes usually around five years to master it. Like to be to be super confident and to be able to, you know, deeply advise people on it or just be proficient in general at it. I think a five-year mark, anything professional-wise, well, I think that's a good timeline. I uh, I read a, a book, old book called Outliers, and yeah, uh, I can't I remember the author, but it's Malcolm a very well-known Gladwell. book. But but they but they talk about like different groups, right? And one of my favorite things they talk about in there is they talk about the Beatles. And the Beatles showed up to to North America for and had like seven great years. But what yeah. and they felt like they came out of the blue. But with the story that the story that nobody knows is that they spent I can't remember if it's two or four years in Europe playing 220 shows a year in yeah. front of 40 people for three years and then everybody's like instant success like like so my point with that is that i started in that book they talk a lot about like you got to reach your 10,000 hours no professional athletes makes it to the nba or, excuse me or the nhl unless they did their 10,000 hours, regardless right. of talent. You look at their time from being nine years old to 18, they put their time in. So I, I did a calculation at the end of 2022, and I was at like, you know, because realistically what it is, is I work no less than 15 hours a week, hard work, mm-hmm. like editing, filming, or whatever on average. Sorry. I'm burping, but and and I can't. Oh, remember we're gonna have to turn off the show now. We can't. Yeah. Have <laughs> show. Is, and gosh, we're way more. We're way too classy for this math, kind of stuff. If someone man. can do the math for me, because actually, let's let's just I'll do, do it here because it's, it? it's interesting, right? So, 15 hours a week times 52. That's 780 hours times three. Like I'm 2,300 hours in. Yeah. Out of my 10,000. Well, that's no not, way. and that's not including trips. That well. And filming. Sure, maybe maybe trips, but even if I'm at four thousand hours, like I'm not even at half time. So I, I have zero expectations around my progress because mm-hmm. I know that all I need to do is continue because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. And where it takes me, it takes me because it'll be driven by my passion. And I think that's what one of the things I think the reason why I'm connecting more and more with my audience is that it shows that what I do is the passion. Not only filming is the passion, but like the activity that I'm filming is the part that I like doing the most. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
Totally. Makes total sense. John, you so, got some yeah, more, I mean, uh... you got to put in the time. Like, it's interesting when you look at it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we're definitely. pretty. Yeah. Oh, John, you got another comment. I've seen you scrolling through there. Oh, we got yeah. we got a ton of comments. I see. Well, we'll do we'll do a few short ones real quick. Okay. Uh, Keel Quest got on here, which we love those guys. Yeah. Um, and it just said, fun fact: the most southern tip of Canada, Pele Island, is the same latitude as the most northern port of Ca- point of California. Huh. Pele Island. How about that one? And then uh, some people were talking with uh, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Mr. Brian Winburn said, "Jason, wag bag in negative 30. And Whoa. Jason, of course, responds with, Brian, I'd never be in negative 30. LOL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason told me his limits uh usually in the 20s. Yeah. And then uh, Sean R. says the three of us should do a canoe trip, which I would have no problem with. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be crazy I'd, fun, dude. I've never done I'd a canoe trip. Canada, man. I've never done the portaging thing. That could be fun. That could be fun. And then Miyagi says he's been geeking out lately on Canadian YouTubers and definitely are his breed of adventurers. Which, if you know Miyagi, yes, yes, that is true. He fits right in. One hundred percent. No, he. I, I mean, I've known Miyagi since I started. Like we, I've known that he was in the space, and we we've chatted here and there. Didn't really ever talk talk, but like always commented here and there and stuff like that. Because yeah. he started again, like okay, twenty twenty as well. Yeah, we Were all started talking? about the same time. We met him in fall of 2019, I believe. Is when oh, we met go. him at a, that hammock hang up in Michigan, actually. So, yeah, so you, sorry, because I'm just thinking you've been, you guys were late 2018 or early. Mine was early, mine was mid 2019. Yeah, mine yeah. was late 2018. And you know what was interesting is to all of you guys, it feels like I started at the same time of you, but I started January 1st of 2020, but all of 2019, I was building the house that I'm living in. So I didn't have time to start it. So I knew I, I was like, I'm going to build the house and I'm going to do this. So that whole year during the building, all I did is I consumed everybody's content. You guys were all started starting and I, I was chatting with you guys in the comments. Yeah. We messaged you know on how, Instagram. Yeah. Cause you know how like valuable your first few fans are like, yeah. in terms yeah. of, like having an interaction with someone. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, someone's listening. That's awesome. Like, it's just like, it's so cool. So like, I would have been in the beginning of all of your channels too. This is how we connected so fast. When I started to make content, um, you invited me to the Facebook group or something. It was just like, it, it, it was like, oh, I thought you were already making content. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some oh yeah. When you, when you finally put out your first video, like, Hey man, I'm putting my video out next week. And uh, I remember watching your very first video and I remember saying something to somebody going, Oh gosh, this guy's going to take over. We're done. <laughs> um, okay. I, I have beef. Okay, dude, I have to, I have to get this out there. I have beef with somebody right now. Oh, let's go. Let's I have see beef it. with pizza ninja. Oh, you want to know it? why I pointed out where he was from. I, I pulled his, his, his comment up on the screen and he thanks Jeremiah. <laughs> what the good. heck is that? I was talking about his Instagram. I'm talking about the fact I, I brought his comment up and he thanks you for the shout out. You're like, welcome. What is that? You're welcome, Pizza Ninja. I, I don't even know if we're friends anymore, Pizza Ninja. I think you just I think you just ended a friendship right there. I'll uh, tell you what, what is that, man? What is that? I, got, I go out here and man. I got something I want to talk to Marty about that uh I'm not an expert in in the least, and I've only done it one time. And it is hot tinting. So I went uh and just camped with Miyagi and Trips, and then my wife and oh, I. Yeah, they go, they go hard too. Like they have heavy setups. Oh, dude, he broke out a drill 
and drilled these like eight inch screws into the ground to set up his top <laughs> tent. I know I saw their sleds. I was like, uh-huh. guys, you don't have to go. It's like I, I tell the same things to the canoe campers. Like canoe campers are like, oh, just bring uh, you know, a cooler and a fridge and all that. And it's like, but you also don't have to. Like you can be a little lighter. It'll be more enjoyable. <laughs> so your hot tent setup, what specifically yeah. is it? And then I want to pick your brain about a couple of things that are deeply involved in hot tenting just in general. So my hot tent is the, uh, this year I, you know, I reached out, I've been working with a company called North Tent from Norway. So I've been super fortunate. They, uh, they, they sent me, uh, uh, the, the gamma four that I've been using on all my trips. And they also sent me an ultralight, um, titanium foldable stove and, and rollable pipe. Okay. So everything just like packs. Like if you look at my videos, it's like, you know, usually if you have like a regular hot tent stove, the size of my entire packing would just be the stove. It would be oh, wow. like, a big, it'd be a big box, like yeah. a big, a big rectangular box. So mine packs, it's far smaller. Uh, it has pros and cons. Um, I've, I've been hot tenting in like bigger tents, like the snow peaks, which are the cotton tents, like the, the, the canvas tents with the big stainless steel, um, stoves. And those are great. Like they're durable, they're heavy as all hell, but like they're durable. They really like hold on to weather. They're spacious and the, and the, and the stove is nice. Like it's like good quality metal. Like it's, it's really well done now on, on my setup, because it's more of an ultralight setup, the tent is phenomenal. It's a sill nylon tent. I said I didn't know anything, but <laughs> it is a sill nylon He knows nylon the exact tent. weight down to the gram. You know he does. He's, just, he's just saying that stuff. <laughs> and, and it's a, but it's a dome shape instead of a teepee or a more a prospector uh, kind of tent. Well, hold on a and second. It, Wait, for people that don't know, what is hot tenting and why should you even do it? Oh shoot! Okay, was that your initial question, or you? No, just I just the question? no. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll we'll get back to the question, but I just want to make sure everybody yeah, understands so what it be is. Like, there's two kinds of camping really in the winter time. Is there's there's cold camping and and hot camping, and um, you know that could look in many different ways. But essentially, when you're referring to hot tenting, it's a version of hot camping where you have a tent and a stove inside the tent with a stovepipe that goes through the tent and it's got a protective material so it doesn't burn down the tent, obviously. And uh, you basically can heat up the tent with the the stove. And it's really nice because it can be minus 40 outside, minus 30, and you'll be 15 in the tent, 20 in the tent. Like you can get these things pretty hot. Now, what is 15 or 20 in so Fahrenheit? So 10 is 50 for you. 50, okay, yeah. 50 yeah. degrees. So like about you're 70 talking, degrees. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Like 10, <laughs> 10 20 degrees. Probably, probably about 70 degrees, yeah. 20, so, 68. So, so it's like you'll be in your base layer sitting in the tent. And honestly, for winter camping, um, you spend so much time in the tent usually or like it's dark for a long period of time. So to have a place as a hot tent where the two, three guys you're out with can all hang out together until like mm-hmm. one in the morning without being cold is, is a really cool feature of that. Right. You just hang out, have fun. You cook right on the stove. Like with you, with a, you don't need a burner. You just go put your, your stuff right on the stove, drink some coffee, have some tea, have a beer, whatever you do. Um, 
And so, so that aspect is really, really fun, but it comes at a cost of weight. So the adventures you're going to do are going to be drastically different. So typically speaking, they're going to be places where you can carry them on sleigh or on, on sleds or on pulks, for example. And um, usually like what we do here in Canada a lot is we cross lakes, right? So, so we'll walk across frozen lakes and essentially take the, you could take the portaging routes that you do in the summertime and do them in the wintertime once everything's frozen quite literally like yeah. that's how close our lakes are together you could do that in algonquin people do that all the time actually so so but that means it's rather flat and it's still a hell of a haul like you know what i mean like because people will pack like i don't know how much men but super heavy well, how <laughs> like, heavy are the hell sleds? Of a haul, but people will still do it um so but you know it comes at the cost of like because if you get wet doesn't matter because you can dry like literally you'll all dry at night your liners of your boot everything will be dry every morning you start which is a big difference than Mm. uh winter camping cold camping where as soon as you start sweating where essentially winter camping in the cold like i do in mount washington in the adirondacks is a big game of moisture management. That is the only thing you should be worrying about the entire day and night so that you don't get cold because if you're cold because of your moisture, you're in a really bad situation. It's really hard to, to that's where hypothermia can kick yeah. in and, yeah. and, and, and that'll have, so, so it's like, so that's all you're thinking about, but with a hot tent, you just go out and you just dry it. Now you should be conscious because you know, things can happen and maybe you can't start your fire. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, should oh, yeah. Be but you can get away with a lot more. So, so those are kind of the two, two ones. So for me, what I like is that the tent that I got from North tent is that it's light, it's lighter. So like, you're talking more about like max a 15 pound setup for the tent and the, and, and the, and the, the stove combine instead of like 25 pound, the stone, the stove only. I got you. So it's, you know, so, so it's valuable, but the downsides to what I use, which is the ultralight foldable, it's a very small stove. So you can't, if you want to load it up for the night, you only have an hour and a half of burn. You know what I mean? Like a bigger stove, you can maybe get three, three and a half hours at a slow burn. Mine, an hour, an hour and a half, you're done. So if you're counting on the fire to stay warm at night, overnight when you sleep, which I don't recommend, you're waking up all the time, mm-hmm. which I did that with my kids because I just really didn't want them to be cold. So I just yeah. woke up every hour and a half and I just fed it, which it was fine. It was a one night or thing. But well, when, it's, yeah. when it's kids, you want to you want to do it a little different. Yeah, make it exactly. You want to encourage them to get back out. And if they have a yeah. miserable night, that kind of can hurt that chance in the future. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of like all the and yeah, so I have a dome shaped tent which I'm very a fan of. It's got a ton of of of, of guy outs on it, so I can put it on the lake and it's super sturdy once it's all guyed out. Uh, but the stove is just is just also like a little rickety, like because it's foldable and titanium is so like it's it's it still warps, right? You know what I mean? Like because it's so thin. So when you put wood in, like sometimes you feel like you're gonna like trip it over does that make sense so you want mm-hmm. it's a delicate piece of equipment and the stovepipe is a thin sheet of titanium that you that rolls one way so it's this wide when it's all rolled but when you unroll it then you roll it on its length and that makes the pipe mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people hate that because they they break it because as, like the pipe is very fragile so you can't squeeze it because then it just leaves a kink forever in it oh yeah, yeah right? it's not telescoping so, it's rolling Pardon me? I said it's not, it doesn't telescope or fit together. 
You're saying no, that no, it no. works both yeah, directions. It unrolls and you roll it the other way and then you use these rings around and just the pressure of it just seals the whole pipe. Yeah. So, but the trick with that is most people will burn in their stove. You always have to burn in your stove when you go hot tenting because it's got oils and the you know, manufactured stuff. So you don't want to burn it in when you're in the tent smoking all that, that stuff. So, so you just burn it outside usually. But a lot of people do that burn in out in the bush. I'm lucky enough that I have like, like I'm in the country here, so I can just, I did it outside of my house. And once that pipe is cooked in for the first time, it manip- you unroll it and it takes its form super easily. Like it, it's really worth to do a burn at home so that you don't fidget too much with it out in the, out in the bush. Cause that's where it's usually the first time assembly that people ruin. So really that's a, that's an expensive uh, mess up too, it isn't is. it? It is. So that's why I tell people it's like, just if you can burn it at home, it'll make your life way easier. It's still fragile, but yeah. I got you. So you go out there, you pull the sled behind you. <clears throat> I asked you earlier, but I don't think you could hear what kind of weight is in this typical sled for your uh, winter setup. And then like how much harder is it or easier is it versus having a backpack to pull that sled instead? A good question. So my typical backpack weight when I go do Mount Washington, for example, just to give you an idea, like when I do these things with full on crampons, ice axes, snowshoes and all that, it'll be anywhere between 50 pounds to 60 pounds. I can't get it with my food and water for three days usually. Like it's the climbing gears is just heavy and the, the, you know, big stuff, like more of the mountaineering style tents too. Right. Like I don't go sleep with a duplex on top of Mount Washington. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why not? You'll regret that one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, so it is what it is. So I, but that's also my winter gear period. Right. Like I don't have like much more gear. So when I go out in the bush, for example, like it'll be close to that, just like my necessary stuff that I bring anyways. Um, so, uh, so, you know, I think, I think my sled usually I end up, and the thing with the sled is it allows me to bring like, oh, we're getting my, a demonstration. Massive, my massive drone case, right. Oh. And that's gotta be like 20 pounds alone. So like, but the sled allows me to do that. Right. And I get to take really cool shot of me walking on the side of the lake with the trees. Like, I mean, it's videography wise. Cause that's the part that not everybody understands from me. It's like, like. I like, like creating is my whole life. Like I was a musician when I was a kid, like, like creating is very much. So I'm out there making films, like in my head, like the, that creative part is important. So carrying that 25 pounds for a drone is so worth it for me. No. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It's a big part of what I do. I love it. So, um, so yeah, so maybe like we'll put like 50, I don't think I'll go heavier much than 50 to 70 pounds in my sled. And then I might add another, like, 40 pounds on my back, max, max, max. The, what's interesting is the sled isn't hard on your shoulders. Was it hooked to right? your waist? So your, it hooks to you to your, and even if you hook it to your chest, like sometimes I have a strap that goes across, uh-huh. it's still like it, you don't have the weight pinching your traps and okay. your hips. Right. So if you have it just across like this, it's, it's very comfortable. So carrying heavier load isn't that big of a deal, but then snow condition matters. Like if it's wet snow and you go over water and then you, you accumulate like an inch or two of snow underneath your, your, your slate, like you, you don't move when that happens. You got to flip it over, scrape it all off, put it back. And if you have to break trail, like it's, it's, it is pretty demanding. Something that Miyagi has, if I'm not mistaken, he's has like the really, really long 
narrow plastic sleds that's very flexible those travel way better than my regular pulk my 60 or 80 liter pulk uh in deep snow they just float better yeah okay so i have a question because you're you're talking about getting out there on a frozen lake and camping out with a hot tent Mm -hmm. and now i've i lived in wisconsin for a while i remember my first winter up there i remember driving out by a lake and seeing all of the shacks out for people that were uh ice fishing you know and they had fires in there and all that stuff and i remember at first being like what in the world is wrong with these people are you not going to melt all the ice and die falling through it and you're talking about putting a hot stove you know a hot tent stove on the ice but that's not really my question my question is staying warm it's one thing to lay down on cold ground Mm -hmm. it's another thing to have to insulate with ice directly under you so are you having to double compensate on your insulation when you sleep at night to make up for how cold the ground is no because the snow is always covered usually by a foot or two of uh, no sorry the ice is usually covered by a foot or two of snow okay so you end up the same snow the same snow yeah, yeah it makes total sense yeah so you just tap it down with your snowshoes like you would um uh, like when you go out in the winter time yeah which i, I do i like all i time. like bringing yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like bringing a close cell phone myself uh yeah. for underneath uh, just because if my air mattress, my ex, my ex, which has been deflating lately, which I don't know why. Anyways, uh, it, it's yeah, I think it has like micro fissures all along the the sewing. I think I'm gonna have to return it. But uh, having a close foam cell just is good um, security if your air goes out. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, you want to make sure you've got something to kind of make up for what you may lose. Yeah, regardless. Yeah. yeah, so that one we all pack it. Most winter backpacker will pack it because it's like yeah. Well, if you're bringing a pulk anyways, why not? No, but even in the backpacks, we we can't we yeah. put it underneath at the bottom at our at our butts, right? And we because yeah. it can get wet, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. John, well, that's a, that's a great idea. You see the uh, comments about poutine. <laughs> well, that's because our our current uh, news is about poutine. So uh, we'll, we'll get on those in a second. Um, I do want to get some comments though because we got some great ones going on here. And I don't know, um, are you how much of a timeline are you guys on? Nine o'clock sharp it goes. Because uh, we have we have that one thing I'd like to to announce on the show for the first time. Oh, we will we will hear in just a few okay. minutes. That's actually cool. next on my list. So be ready because this is beautiful. Um, but uh Doc Watson, he goes, No merch and Jeremiah still gets the credit. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's on its way. And I will say Pizza Ninja, he did he did say something very nice. He said, John, you're the best. Love you guys. <laughs> still not totally forgiving you yet. Um <laughs> <laughs> we we're talking about Miyagi and going out, and he says, "Oh no, we go super deluxe on our winter camping trips. You'll eat better than you do at home." Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. I will say, I will say, having gone on a backpacking trip with him up to the UP when we did uh, pictured rocks a couple years ago, this dude makes this stuff, and he actually comments on it later. Uh, he makes this fry bread, and he makes these fry bread pizzas. Oh my gosh, dude! I, here's the thing about Miyagi. This is the weirdest thing about Miyagi. You're backpacking with him. He'll hand you his backpack. In a way, it's like a pound and a half is what it feels like. Doesn't make sense. But he's got like a kitchen inside of that thing. A bunch of like medical gear. Um, I think he carries his own toilet in in like a like an actual like. I think he's a wizard. I think yeah. he do, he has some kind of magical powers or something. He's got a full sew uh, shop in that backpack. He can sew and yeah. stitch anything back up that gets. It's damaged. Yeah. It's insane. 
It, it's crazy. Uh, Devin from Backcountry Exposure says, my hot tent equals Chili Mac. <laughs> I can only yeah, tell but... you the comments that were coming after that about what comes from Chili Mac. So... Uh, <laughs> It's a risky move, Devin. <laughs> it's a very risky move, yes. Um, and and this one's really cool, man. Your dad got on here, said, I'm Marty's dad. Yeah. Please tell him uh, I took him to Pele Island, Ontario, the most southern part of Canada when he was young. There was thousands of birds, and we got our feet wet getting to the tip of to yeah. the tip end of Canada. I almost commented earlier on that, yeah. So It was fun. Three more comments real quick. Uh, super chat from Cameron Parker. He says, you guys are the only ones on YouTube I consistently watch, listen to, keep up the good work. I don't have much, I don't have merch, but I feel like I owe you guys something. You don't owe us anything, man. No. The fact you're watching is all you Thank owe you us. Thank you so that's, much for that's, the support, that's awesome. though. Cool comment, man. That's awesome. And then uh, you were asking about Miyagi's uh, Polk Sled. He said it's uh, the UHMWP toboggan from Now Outdoors yeah. Expeditions. Uh, slides on snow like a hot knife through butter. 150 yeah. pounds, no problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like they're far language. better than the bulks that I have. Like, and yeah, it's he. he I've seen his videos with it. It kind of just it kind of flexes as it goes. Yeah, through everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then finally, Logan Crawford, Jeremiah in a hot tent making squirrel gravy for breakfast. <laughs> oh, nice! A squirrel gravy reference. Awesome. Yeah, Logan. man. Yeah, man. Good callback. Yeah, absolutely. So, um. Let, let's talk for a second about um, something that's kind of cool that you're doing right now, uh, Marty, that uh, maybe you could um, help Jeremiah understand. Yeah, I'm totally um, uninformed. Would you like to talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead and tell us what you're doing that, that well, you would love well, to, to teach Marty, to teach uh, Jeremiah about. Well, the thing is that when, when I... It's funny. All this is very co co coincidental. When I announced on Instagram that I was gonna that I was gonna come on on here, uh, they were. I was informed that I should uh, pick on on Jeremiah for not having merch. So so I said, well, there's there's it's a good timing because I'm just about to release my first line of merch myself, <laughs> and uh, I wanted to put it out there. So. Um, there's a couple of things about that. What I wanted to do for merch before you, you show it, pull it back. Oh, pull it what back, I, pull it back. Yeah, okay. pull it back before you, because it's important to understand because my brand, just like yours, it's like your name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I didn't want to write my name on a t-shirt. Right. So I, so I struggled for a long time figuring out like, how can I, can I make merch and what could it be and all that? And then, and then a friend of mine who has a leather channel who made me like a really awesome a sheath uh, for for uh, for my knife. She uh, when she was making it, she said, "What do you want on it?" Like I can do whatever. I said, "You know what? You're the artist. Just surprise me." And she came back with with a with a beautiful sheath, and it's got like, um, it's got it's got everything on there, like mountains, river, uh, a tent, a campfire, and then it also has a UFO, like kind of <laughs> abducting the tent on it. And uh, she did that because for two reasons. First, when we, we hung out one night, we were talking about UFOs. It was just funny. I love it. I'm For anybody that knows me, I'm a good sucker for a good UFO story. So I, nice. I just always love that kind of stuff anyways. And then, <laughs> that and Bigfoot are always fun. But I prefer UFO. Uh, and then so just because I find it fun. And then the other thing, too, is that 
it's got a very meaningful story to it. And it really made me click. I'm like, if I'm going to do merch, I'd like to find a, a designer who's local, which I, I did, which I'm very happy with, who can kind of figure out the style of cartoonish version of me where so we could we could we could make the t-shirt a very specific story that if you know my content you would you could relate to if that makes sense right um so that was the idea so and this this first version that's going to be coming out i think that i like about is that um on one of my videos down the the noir river when i kind of rejoice with white water tripping because i had stopped for a long time um it made me rethink of my first whitewater wilderness canoe trip ever, which I did with my dad, who who was on the chat there. And one of the nights, him and I were laying down in the sand beach, and I was looking up at the stars. And it was interesting because that was the first time I've ever witnessed stars like that before. You know what I mean? Like growing up yeah. in like in the city and all that. That was a very special moment. And uh, we just we just got shooting the shit. I mean, I'm 12 years old. I don't know, he's 30, 40 back then. And then, uh, and then we just started to talk about UFO and it was interesting because like he was, he had had chats with his dad about UFOs in the, in similar context in some sense. And I guess his dad had asked him and now he was asking me if a flying saucer was to land here, would you go in or you, <laughs> would you run away? Right. I, I would just run away. And then, and then he's, and the interesting thing is that he answered to me, said, I said the same thing to my dad then, but I don't feel the same way today. And I, and I can just totally relate to that. So it was a really meaningful moment, like in my, in the genesis of me ever doing outdoors. So that's why we came up with the, with that, with that, with that, that t-shirt design there to tell that story in one. So if you bring it back up, you've got the saucer at the top, right? And then you have like me with the ball cap at the back, which will always be represented as me in the next stories, if you will. And then you got my dad there on a cliff with the, with the, uh, with the uh the tent so anyway so that's the story behind that but that's also kind of how i'm gonna make the merch from now on there's been like funny quotes that was said in my videos by my kids you know like <laughs> rosie one time when i was making a fire i finally get the fire to go and she's like uh, everybody thought we were gonna die but we didn't <laughs> <laughs> that's great So like all these like cool moments that happen i feel like there there's a story to tell and that's that's how i'm gonna do my merch in some weird way so anyways that's the story of it it's really cool to see a YouTuber um, have merch. That's really mm -hmm. cool. Um, hey, Jeremiah, have you ever thought about doing merchandise? Well, I am taking tips from Marty right now because that, that's a very cool way to do it. And like he said before, you don't want to just slap, slap your, your name, name on something. It just feels cheap, you know. It feels like a money yeah. grab. So, I don't know. I haven't done it. And, you know, another thing we – I don't think I really talked about this, but Marty, you're talking about your jobs earlier and the passion that you have for YouTube and stuff. You know, if you really did depend on YouTube as full-time income, a lot of people think that you have to have some huge channel and a lot of support, but it's not true. You really need like a thousand loyal supporters. So if you have a thousand people that will, we'll say, for example, buy a hoodie that you make a $20 profit on. You have a thousand people that buy a hoodie once every quarter, then that's four times a year. You're gonna get that thousand Here people. Here goes the math teacher. That thousand people, math. twenty bucks. So just right <laughs> yep. there, that's that's eighty thousand a year. And where I live in Kentucky, eighty thousand a year is more than enough to support yourself. So absolutely, I I think like you said, if you're 
<laughs> make merch. And if you have like a thousand loyal people that really want to support you, you absolutely can make your dreams dreams true with content creation, no matter who you are, but it may take some time. Like you're saying, you put together a, a multi-year plan from everything from yeah. gathering info to executing to growth, you know? So I love the merch idea. I think that is a fantastic way to do it. And I will, I'll take my pointers from you. I'll, I'll, yeah, I had to figure out, it, man. yeah, I had to figure out something yeah. similar to what you did and, and be creative and genuine and original for your content. And what's nice about what's really nice about merch. And I mean, like, I, I don't know, I was a, like a, I was a show rat when I was a kid. Like, you know, like when I was 17, 18, I did like, I come from like the punk scene of Blink-182. Like that's where like <laughs> nice. all of my music comes from. Yeah. Grade six, Anima of the States comes out. It changes my life. My first love for guitar playing and music. Just that's the beginning of it. Right. Yeah. So I come from all that. So merch was super important growing up to me with, with those bands. Right. We would go see those. But first of all, like as a band member back then, we would make like, 25 bucks from the venue but 400 from selling t-shirts mm. on the show right so yeah. like as a musician i always known how valuable it is but also when you had these 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 music like these artists that would come up with like cool merch design that were that was meaningful uh you know like like it sounds silly but the iron maiden like tour shows with all the dates right sounds silly mm -hmm. it's like it's very meaningful to the people that were there you know what i, I mean? was gonna like, say i i caught a foo fighter show last year i got a shirt and it had all the dates on it like i wanted yeah. that shirt you know yeah it, every it's, time you'll see it it's like boom so so merch to me is that opportunity and i'm not saying i'm doing this with my with my merch but it's certainly what i'm i, I would like to create it's like i don't want people just to buy a t-shirt to encourage me I, what i want in i don't want people to just get a t-shirt when they encourage me by buying it i want people to to remember a moment that means something does that make sense mm -hmm. and uh so that's kind of the idea like you look at uh joe robin at uh, merch logo like his old logo with scout here mm -hmm. you buy that for because scout unfortunately passed away yeah right a yeah. number of years ago like halfway through his channel and that was a big deal like he was a big part of the channel when you buy that t-shirt like you don't buy the logo it's joe robin it you, you buy it for the meaningfulness of, of scout if you've watched that show for three years with scout for example you know what i mean right. mm. so it's the same idea it's like how, how can we create something that's just more than just the product itself because then yeah. people are just stoked about it too. And, you know, that I'll be attempting to do that <laughs> through kind of representing meaningful moments in, in like a cartoonish way. And that, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we've got a few quick comments before we get off of here because I want to make sure we get these in. Uh, <laughs> Logan Crawford left three great ones. Uh, we need to set up a GoFundMe for Jeremiah's merch crowdfunding. <laughs> um and he also said uh, Jeremiah did have a super limited run of backpacking with dad shirts for backpacking with Jason. <laughs> yeah, there are only um, three in existence. Only three, and I have one of them. Um, and then, then Leonidas got on, on board with this, and he said the shirt can say, I paid for Jeremiah to walk the Camino and on the back, <laughs> and all I got was this lousy shirt. <laughs> to which Logan Crawford, Logan Crawford then responds with, Camino bugs sold separately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then you've got uh you've got Doc Watson or actually it wasn't Doc Watson it was Miyagi said waiting on Stringer merch. Oh, that's and then good. Doc Watson said no no no. 
Backpacking with Jason should design a waiting on Stringer merch instead <laughs> he, of you. <laughs> he was singing that on our last trip, man. Always waiting yep. on Stringer. That's good. And then and then Ugly Teacher Hiking says, great, now i got to go camping in Canada. <laughs> so you got some people excited about getting up to Canada, which, which is great. The wilderness up here is great. Oh, it's great. Yeah, great. It, it's been great having you on here, man. This has been fun. Uh, Thanks. We do need to, like, make a some kind of – yeah, man. Thing happened at some point. Come on up. Come on. That, up. that would have to happen. I've been wanting to go to Canada for a while. I've been to Canada, but I've never. I I've can never outfit you guys pretty Canada. solidly in terms of like boats and stuff like that too, right? Paddles, oh, boats, area. I mean, I live you know pretty central to all of these. I, you know, my 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 house is a bed and breakfast, so yeah, you, there could be a stop in between. Then then we can go. So well, we would one hundred percent be depending on you for everything. From guiding <laughs> to the specialized yeah. gear to ev everything. Oh, it's all yeah. the same gear, except you, you do it in the canoe. Well, I don't have the canoe either. Yeah, so, I have all that, that, that stuff. That's what I'm saying. All right. There you go. I'll okay, so, so real quick, why don't you tell people how they can find you online and uh, just let them know how, to, how do you find Marty yeah, on, so, uh, on all the different things? Exactly. So depending on like what kind of like, I guess, user you are, like if you're into YouTube, uh, Marty Morissette, everything is under Marty Morissette. Sometimes there's a YT at the end, I think on Instagram, Facebook, I, you know, Marty Morissette was already taken. But if you like to consume it as long format video, I try to publish two trip videos a, a month. That's kind of my schedule going forward for 2023. And then if you like to, to, to consume that content more in bite size format, um, you know, I do all the shorts, the Instagram reels, the Facebook and TikToks as well. So you can do all of that. And then if you like to hear me blab for 35, 40 minutes on my own, you can listen to the Marty Morissette audio experience, which is just me alone here. And because uh, I used to do the interview, but that's way back when I stopped for two and a half years, three years. Now it's more of a place where I go and I, I'll I'll uh, pick a subject and I'll rant on it for 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 30 40 minutes and I'm trying to it's funny cuz through that process I'm trying to get better at renting it's like a muscle. expressing my ideas better I yeah. do that on purpose so so anyway so like the last uh, video the last podcast I did I commented on uh, Dan and Eric's um I I watched part of that one yeah, yeah. that was really good so, 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 cause I felt I, I wanted to share a perspective cause I, I could really relate to Eric's, uh, emotional side of you and psychological journey through that. So, so I, yeah, I felt inspired. I sat down, I talked. So if you, you're into that, that's great as well. Marty Morissette audio experience. And yeah, I guess that's all of it. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you again for being on hang out for a little bit in the yeah. green room. Thanks, we'll, we're going to chat with you in just a second. So oh, good. All right. I kind of like these Canadian people, man. They're pretty cool. Like him and Justin, Jesse. Oh, I don't yeah. think we've had a bad one yet. No, easy to talk to and have a wealth of knowledge of things I am so uninformed about. It is totally ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, things that things that we have no clue about. Absolutely have no clue about. So, uh, listen, everybody who's in tonight, 471 comments. You guys are just talkers tonight. This is awesome, man. So glad to have everybody on. Uh, we have some great guests that are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, but next week, uh, we have a special show where we've got some friends coming on who might have been hanging out with Jeremiah recently. Yeah. And uh, we're also going to be having a little bit of a memorial service next week. That's all I can really <laughs> say about it. Um, I would suggest if, if you're going to be on, be ready to uh, spend some time in mourning 
Um, oh my it, gosh. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a rough night for all of us. Um, and if you're listening right now, um, you'll be able to hear my tears through the audio. So, uh, it's going to be a great night for me. that. That's going to be, that's going to be next Monday night. Um, Jeremiah, you got anything else you want to share before we get off of here, man? Uh, yes. If all goes according to plan, um, next week, hopefully we will get to hang out with, uh, some buddies that I took a trip with. That would be, uh, Mr. Backpacking with Buckley, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir and uh southern hike taylor so if all of them are still available and everything goes according to plan i can't wait to unpack and have just a great time with fun stories and, and a lot of sadness as well yeah a little it's bit gonna be a little rough. bit of sadness oh, it's gonna be rough I, i'm gonna spend a lot of time in tears <laughs> next week just just let it be known in advance it's coming just be ready uh, with that said for myself and jeremiah we will catch you guys on the next one adios folks